Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. If you've been here the last few weeks before Easter, um, Pastor Jono and some of the other team have been preaching around the idea of back to life. That, uh, that because of what Jesus has done, um, that we, we have the opportunity for things to come back to life. And it's really been focused and, and uh, you know, around a scripture in John 11, the story of a man named Lazarus, who, um, if you're unfamiliar, he was really sick. And in fact, he died. And when Jesus turned up, um, you know, there was the, the whole hullabaloo because, you know, the, a man had died and there was mourning and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus did what only Jesus can do, and he raised him back to life. And so we're going, to be, we're going to continue on that thought today. Um, I, want to, I want to talk today, if, if you're taking notes, the kind of the subtitle. We're talking about back to life. And today I want to talk about delayed or denied. You know, sometimes when, when we think about God, think about our relationship, you might, you know, have different levels of a relationship with God, you all the different parts of our journey. But sometimes we can feel like, we're waiting for something from God. We're waiting on God for something. It might be something we're praying about. It might be something we're believing for. It might be something we're waiting on God to come through for. And it feels like sometimes that it's, it, we've been waiting for a long time. But I'm here to tell you today that I believe that, that you may not be denied, but it might just be delayed. Amen? Let's pray, and I'm going to get into it. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you are Lord of all that you have defeated the grave, that you are back to life, Lord Jesus. So today as I speak, I thank you that I speak the words of a living God, that you're going to go out and you're going to accomplish great things today. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I'm going to have a quick sip of water. I dried my throat out with all that praise and worshipping. That was so good. Oh, so good. So I have a confession to make. Sometimes... Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I'm not the most patient person, okay? Which is a little bit worrying when your kid's pastor says that, right? Because, like, as a kid's pastor, I'm very patient with your kids in our kids' ministry. I just want to lay that foundation. But sometimes, you know, like, different things, I'm impatient. Like, when I'm at work, I'm, uh, I do work here a few days a week, and I'm also an electrician, so I'm on job sites, a, three, a few, three, yes, holler to all my sparky mates out there. Um, you're the smartest, best-looking group in the room, um, and you know it. You don't listen to anyone else. Um, but I'll be at work, and I'll be up a ladder, and I'll need a couple of screws. I'll be at, like, yell out to the apprentice, hey, mate, can you go down and get a couple of screws from the screw tray or whatever, we need this and that. And, like, he's only just, like, just turned to walk off, and I'm, like, looking in my pockets, looking in my tool bag, like, is there any screws laying around that I can just use right now to get the job done? But most noticeably, I'm impatient when it comes to food. Okay. Um, yes, those that know me laugh. <laughs> and sometimes I think God is teaching me something because I'll go out for dinner and, you know, um, my wife Taryn and I will be out at dinner and we'll be having a lovely time. And the food takes longer than I personally think it should take to come out. Maybe they're having a busy night. You know, maybe they're trying to cook the steak just right. Whatever it is, I don't know. But I start, like, giving eyes. I'm like, who's here? Who's got my food? Like... Who, have you got it? And I'm like watching meals go past. I'm like, oh, no, that's not me. I didn't order the shrimp. Like, no, yeah, okay, no. And then 
But if you've ever been out to dinner with me, we had a small group. Of, we used to have um, dinner at an Indian place. Remember this, Hummer and Simon? For you guys, I swear God would test me with this. Because, Simon, you remember? My meal would come out last often, right? It's true, isn't it? Yeah. And we would talk about it. We would talk about the fact that it's because I was slightly less patient waiting for my food than the other boys. They're just happy to kind of wait. But when I read this passage in John 11, I get a bit of a similar feeling. I'm like, when I read what is going on, I'm kind of like, Jesus, what are you doing? I feel like what happens here takes longer than it should. And I want to just unpack this a little bit. And we're going to read from John 11. Um, And just stay with me because I've got those production guys working hard today, pressing buttons. I've got some scripture packed in, which is a good thing. So let's read together from John 11, 1. This is the story we're talking about, about a man named Lazarus. Um, This guy Lazarus was sick. Um, He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, is the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Um, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, Lazarus, is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Um, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two, ho- two more days. I don't get that sometimes. I'm like, see, I feel like John, the writer of this gospel, like, wrote the wrong thing. Because that sentence to me should go, so he, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he went immediately to Bethany, right? Is, that, is it just my brain? But it says, no, it says, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. Let's go back and see Lazarus. And isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's just me. I'm sure you've thought this before. That isn't it like us as humans in the world we live in to think, oh, no, this is, this is the timeline that God should work to. You know, like, I've prayed once, and so God should therefore immediately ring on the bell, Uber Eats, my prayer request, delivery straight to me, Right? But there's actually a few things going on in this first little passage of Scripture that I want just to unpack really quickly. Because number one is that Jesus actually waited till Lazarus was... waited. Sorry, Jesus was going to see Lazarus because he knew that raising Lazarus from the dead was an essential display of his power. So I think that, you know, Jesus, if he'd been there early, if he'd been there on human time, he may have raised Lazarus when he was still... He might have healed Lazarus when he was still sick. And we wouldn't be here talking about the amazing power of God that raises from the dead. Because we have a lot of the Gospels talk about how he healed sickness, he healed blindness, but, but there's only a few occasions where we talk about the power of Jesus to raise from the dead. And so I think that's one thing that's, that we're talking about in the story. But I believe there's also another thing that Jesus is trying to show us here. And this one is kind of something that, that he we want to learn through the story is that although things may not happen the way that we think they will and in the time frame that we think they will I believe that Jesus is still in control and he hasn't forgotten us Mary and Martha may have been confused when the messenger they sent came back and said yeah Jesus is on his way but we don't know when right and it may have even felt to them like Jesus didn't make it in time to save their brother Lazarus that by the time Jesus got there, the Bible says that Lazarus had died. But imagine 
for a moment the explosion of faith and wonder and just awe of, of God when Jesus turned up and raised Lazarus from the dead. Could you imagine what that did in the hearts of the people that were standing there? Um, I believe that this is the work that God wants to do in our lives today. And so God did not cause Lazarus to become sick. I want to be really clear that the Bible is clear that God does not send sickness. He is not the cause of sickness and pain and suffering, but that through these things, he wants to work miracles and, and, and work on us. So there's a scripture in Romans 8:28 that says, this is a great scripture, you may know it. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called, who have been called according to his purpose. God is at work in our circumstance, even when we feel like, where we're delayed or even denied from what God is doing in us. And to be honest, he wants to do more than just answer our prayers. I think that when, when God looks at us and he looks at what we're going through and what we're bringing to him, he's the kind of God that is like, you know that saying, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. You know that saying? I believe that God, you know, if he was just always like, bing, bing, being like Bruce Almighty where he answers yes to all the prayers and there's like a riot on the street because they won the lotto it was like 20 bucks right but if Jesus if God was like that we would never develop our relationship with him it would become like a transactional God that you download the app and you fill in the thing and then it just you know it's answered but when through the process through God's timing we allow him to work in us what happens is so much more than just him answering our prayers because we can know in the word that he does. But in actual fact, beyond that, we have grown through the process to become more. I want to break this down just for a sec because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. See, when we accept Jesus... We become a new creation, the Bible says, that we come back to life like our, like our series is talking about. We celebrated Easter where Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again and brought us a new life. And so when we, when we accept Jesus, when we begin a relationship with God, we're, we're born again and we have a new life goal. If you are in this place and you're just starting your journey with God, I'm here to tell you that you have a new life goal and that is to become more like Jesus. So as, as we develop our relationship with God, our, our main goal should always be how are we growing closer? How are we drawing nearer? How are we becoming more like Jesus? And so he wants to do, like I said, he wants to do more than answer our prayers. When this happens, there's a scripture in Philippians 1.6 that I think is so powerful. It says this, Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When we face hard times and we ask God for help, He not only answers our prayers, He not only does that which we ask Him to do, but He brings us through in such a way that we are closer to Jesus and more like Jesus because of the process. I want to share a story today, and I did mention this just before the service, about a couple of amazing people in our church, Bruce and Annette Webb, over there. If you know them, you know they're awesome. When I was um, just moved to Kingscliff, um, I had moved into the hill, uh, under the hill with some of the boys here, and, um, and I 
was like just finishing up my apprenticeship. And I felt God call me to come and do a few days a week just working with Pastor John here at church just to do something. I didn't even really know what it was. I just felt like, God, this is my next step. This is what you have for me. And so I just stepped out. I just said, I'm, I, didn't, you know, I finished my apprenticeship. I didn't take on a full-time job as an electrician. And I started doing two days a week. And I was like, okay, I need a job, right? Like, <laughs> I was young, you know, 21 years old, like a bit of an impulsive decision. Like, hey, um, I'm just going to do this and I'll figure out a job later, right? So um, I, I was living on some savings and trying to rustle up a job and trying to make it all happen. And I'm praying and believing, you know, God, this is where you have me. I believe I'm right where you want me to be. So I'm, I just know that you're going to come through for me. And I got to the point. Talking about delayed or denied, I got to the point where it was like a Friday afternoon. You remember this, Brucey? And it was like 1.30 or something in the afternoon. And I was like, God, if I don't get a job to start on Monday, I'm not going to be able to pay rent or eat or do anything next week. I'm going to be like tail between my legs, moving back with my parents or something. Like, um, I just, you know, I need you to come through. And wouldn't you know it, literally it was kind of like, amen. And there was a on the door, and Bruce Webb had, had said, oh, hey, mate, we barely even knew each other. He's like, I was just talking to Pastor Jono, and he said you might be looking for a few days' work. Even though you're an electrician, you've got no idea how to build houses. Come and help me as a, as a carpenter. And he put up with me, and he taught me how to, you know, kind of semi-do more than just run wires. Made me an almost respectable tradesperson. And, and, but the thing is, is that not only, yeah, come on, because it's not about, it's not because I'm more awesome or anything else than anyone else, but not only did God answer my prayer, not only did he provide, you know, a job for me so I could pay my bills, but what I learned through the process has stuck with me even now, and I've, I learned that, you know, it's actually not an employer or a person that pays my wage, but my provider is actually God. And, you know, like, in that process, my faith was expanded. And we, I even joke about it with my friends that if, if we're going to go through something, God's going to go, well, you know what? It sucks that that's happening. But I'm going to make, squeeze and, like, rip the most good as possible out of it. And so even if it sometimes feels like the last possible minute, what God is doing in the midst, I've never forgotten that moment. And we're here talking about it seven or eight years later, about the good thing that God did. James 1, I love this. I love this. James 1. James 1, 2 to 4 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you be, may, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And, you know, that moment with, you know, God providing that, job for me was a moment where my perseverance was tested it was a moment where um, my faith was tested it was like God was saying like okay how how much do you trust me do you really I mean really trust that I can provide for you and so this scripture that's just what it's saying is that sometimes it's hard for us to consider it pure joy right when we're facing trials but the end result if we can remember that the end result is going to be that we are becoming, what, mature and complete in Jesus. That we're becoming more like Jesus. 
Can you turn to the person next to you and just tell them, you're delayed, not denied. All right? You're getting a bit quiet out there. I think you might need to wake up. You're delayed, not denied. All right? That could be a song. Isaiah 55, I love this scripture. Isaiah 55, 9 says that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Can I just say that it's all well and good for me to stand up here and be like, God wants to work through the hard stuff that you're going through. But it doesn't change the fact that those things are tough, right? And I just wanted to encourage you with that, that if we fully understood why God did what he did and how he did what he did, we would not necessarily need God, right? And so I'm not standing up here trying to say that, hey, I have all the answers. All I'm trying to say is that through the process of life that we go through that has its ups and downs, that God wants to use those moments that may be down and even those moments that are up for, for good, for, for his glory. And so when you live in a way that, with that in mind, that even the hard times, that there's going to be good that comes from them. It seems to make even the hardest times more bearable. That there seems to be a joy in the hard times. Um, let's look at the next part of John. And see, let's, I just want to show you this because it's really stuck out to me. The two different responses to the two women, Mary and Martha, who were waiting on Jesus to do something great in their lives. This is in John 11, starting at verse 17. On his arrival, this is when Jesus arrives at the home. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Talk about feeling denied, right? Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. That's the first thing I want you to hear. That when, that when Jesus had come, Martha went out to meet him, but, Jesus, uh, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Who's ever felt like that before? Lord Jesus, if you had been here, you'd fill in the blank, right? But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never, will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And so that's one response. We look at Martha, and I'm going to come back to that in a sec. But check out the difference. After, if you go to that next scripture, uh, yeah. After she had said this, thank you, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When Jesus had been with Mary in the house comforting her, he noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb. When Mary reached the place where Jesus had saw him, and, and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Did we hear that before? The same thing that Martha had said. 
Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Can you see the difference between Martha and Mary from that text? See, when Mary comes to see Jesus, finally she's coaxed out of the house to come and see Jesus. She's overcome with grief because she's lost her brother. Her brother's been dead four days. She's, she's, she's you know, falls at Jesus' feet weeping and, and crying with a group of people with her weeping and crying saying, God, if Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus sees how distressed she is, how she has lost hope for her brother, but he doesn't tell her she doesn't have enough faith or that he is sorry. He just asks, where have you laid Lazarus? And we know that the end of the story is that Jesus calls Lazarus up from the dead and he comes back to life. But I love the response of Martha because Martha, in the same situation, with the same knowledge, the same opportunity to, you know, she didn't know anything extra that Mary did. But she came to God and said, if you were here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Today, if you're feeling denied, if you're feeling that, that there is something in your heart, in your spirit, in your past that you felt, God let me down, that Jesus, you weren't there when I thought you were going to be there. Today, I want to say that there is still hope for that situation, that, that even though you may feel denied, that I would say that perhaps it's just delayed today in Jesus' name. And so if you were to ask yourself that question, maybe the band, you guys could come back up. If you were to ask yourself, what have I given up on as denied? That maybe today God wants to breathe new life into. Bring back to life those things which I'd given up on. That the things that had I'd thought that maybe were too hard, that were that were too dead. But you know, there's probably nothing much more dead than Lazarus that was four days dead in the tomb. And I think that if Jesus maybe could bring a man back from the dead those years ago, today, maybe those things in your heart, those things that you've agonized over. He can bring back to life today. And so I believe today that there are unfulfilled dreams, unanswered prayers that Jesus wants to bring back to life. That there's purpose, there's healing, provision, a friend or family member that doesn't know yet, yet know Jesus, direction for the future, for relationships to be restored, for your kids or your family. That today you may have thought they're too far gone that Jesus might have heard, that God might have heard your prayers, but that they, may, that they were denied. Today I would say that they're simply delayed. That through the process that Jesus wants to not only work through us, but he also wants to work through that situation to those around us. It wasn't just Mary and Martha that were changed by the raising of Lazarus, but every single person that heard about it, even us today, thousands of years later, that are changed and touched by a moment where Jesus said, hey, I might have been what seems to us a little bit late, but I was right on time. And so today, I want, I want us to have an opportunity to respond. Because I believe that, you know, we've just come out of Easter, that we've been celebrating what Jesus did on the cross, that he purchased for us the opportunity to be close to God. And I think that today, it would be, wrong of me to, to say this, all this stuff, and not give you an opportunity 
to respond in your heart and say, Jesus, there's this thing. There's this son or daughter that I thought was too far away from Jesus, from you, God. I, I thought they were too far gone. There's this financial situation that is beyond repair. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to respond and breathe new life into that situation because Jesus is here. He's with you and he wants to teach you something about himself in the process. So why don't we stand to our feet just for a moment. And if you'd be so bold, if that's you today, if you want to respond, we're going to worship for just a minute. And I'd love for you, in whatever way feels comfortable, you can close your eyes, you can lift your hands, but why don't you choose to respond? Why don't you choose to respond that which the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about, those things in your life that you thought that were too far gone, that perhaps you felt that your past had cancelled them out, had, had defined them, but I'm here to tell you that your past does not define you. The Lord Jesus Christ defines you. And so today, whatever that is, why don't you take a moment to connect with God? Allow Him to speak into your heart. I couldn't possibly know every situation, every heart in this place, but Jesus does. And through His Holy Spirit today, He wants to, he wants to minister. He wants to bring new life back into that situation. There's people here today, I just sense this, that are believing for a child that, that the doctor may have said one thing, but I'm here to say that Jesus says another, that you will be just bearing great children, that they, you will be having a family. Lord, that those things that have, people have said are denied, are just delayed, that you're, that you're breathing new life into these things right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you respond now? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's Word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.